Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Do Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. Indeed, we are. Today's show, by the way, is about something that happens all the time and to everybody. So, kind of a universal idea. Actually, it's kind of sad. It's the topic of disappointment. You know, when people let you down and it hurts. It does. And you honestly, you never get used to being disappointed. Because you're surprised by it. Right? I know. So, you know, just as example, maybe your father promised to take you to the Cubs game and he didn't. Or your wife said she would make time for physical intimacy. She didn't. Maybe friends promised to call you on the weekend and they never phoned. Or while you were ill in bed, no one from the church called or even visited you. Mm. And, you know, after a lifetime of such disappointments, depression can set in. You may feel like nobody keeps his word or will be there for you in your time of need. Right. And the reality is, yes, disappointments do come. They come throughout life. We need to not have unrealistic expectations. But I don't know if that's possible because disappointments are so inevitable. That's why this is our topic and the focus of our show today. Right. We took something that everybody has to deal with, but it's how you handle that disappointment, that really matters. And that's where we're going to put our focus. So let's start and uh, spend a, a minute or so on how disappointment usually comes. It's when you want something to happen, but it doesn't. Or you can be disappointed in a person and the way they behave. I remember being incredibly disappointed when one of our favorite pastors had a moral failure. Now, that's heavy-duty stuff, mm -hmm. but it was so shocking and so disappointing because he was one of those rare preachers who I used to say, he could teach you something new about John 3.16. He that's was true. just that Very good. Very gifted. Right. Very gifted. But he had a hidden life that was uncovered. What was one of your biggest disappointments? Do you remember one? Yeah, and I'm going to totally go a different way because yours was a pretty heavy one yeah. and it really affected not only us but a lot of people uh, in that church at the time. But, you know, it's funny how you remember disappointments from when you were a child or a teen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so much older now, but I still can go back and remember this time. I was really disappointed when I didn't make 10th grade cheerleading. I had been a cheerleader. I really wanted to be a cheerleader, but when I thought about it when I didn't make it, I would have had to drop out of band had I made cheerleading because you couldn't do both sure. back in the day. Right. And certainly, Norm, playing the flute all those years has served me way more than cheering ever could have done. So it really did turn out to be a blessing. Um, and my high school band went to Europe, so I got to go to Europe. And the cheerleaders didn't? The cheerleaders did not go. <laughs> they didn't go too far. They went about 30 miles and, uh, you know, to other teams. So I would have missed all of that as I, if I had been cheering. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it was really, it, it was just so disappointing at the time. But it was interesting because later on, I tried out for cheerleading in college, and I made it. And I right. got to do that. So, 
But at the time when you're just, you have your heart so set on something that you really, really want and it doesn't happen and you you can't come around again for that particular period, Mm -hmm. it was very disappointing. So I'm sure if we think about it, we can all recall those times. And maybe if you're listening, you're thinking of this, you're thinking of something even right now as we're talking, um, because you can be disappointed by not getting a job that you wanted or... Maybe your child is disappointed because they didn't get chosen at school. That's a big one that parents have to watch when their kids get disappointed for not being chosen. It's hard. Um, Maybe your team at work didn't get the bonus and you really hoped you would and you were so disappointed. Or a really common one that that you hear all the time is people are disappointed that they're not losing the weight that they want to lose. This is such a common experience for all of us. Some are far greater than others. I mean, I can be disappointed that my team didn't win the Super Bowl, you know, but that's hardly the same as not getting a job or losing funding for a project or something heavier. Yeah, and that's a good point because there are a lot of factors that determine how intense the disappointment is going to be for us. And so one of those is how important was the hope for thing or the mm. event that was coming. Mm-hmm. If it was very, very important, then the disappointment is going to be harder to accept. Mm-hmm. Well, I can certainly live without a winning team. I mean, as a Cubs and Bears fan, I'm kind of used to it. You did. <laughs> 108 <laughs> years for the Cubs, right. <laughs> but the job loss, that would be much bigger. And what about how long you've hoped for something? Does that factor into it? You talked about how important it was, but how about the time? Yeah, and and when you said 108 years for the Cubs fan, I mean, that's why I think Chicago went crazy when the Cubs won because it was so long coming. So obviously, the longer you wait, the hope for that, and you really want something, it's just harder to hear, not yet. Mm -hmm. And here's an example. If you suddenly get rejected by someone you just start dating, well, that's a whole lot easier than if it happens after a year or so of dating. Right. Right. right? Or did you ever have this experience as a child? You waited and waited for a new game or a toy. And the longer the wait went on, just the greater the disappointment was it didn't come. Right. That's because your hopes are up. Yes. Right. And the longer you wait, the harder the letdown when it doesn't happen, especially if you only get one chance. We used to ask my dad, can we go somewhere? He goes, we'll see. Well, instantly we knew don't be disappointed because we'll see is code for no. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that If there is only one outcome and it won't come around again Mm. uh, for a long, long time, then it's harder than if you have several opportunities to get a result. That makes sense. So, you know, think about maybe college applications. You know, if you only applied to one school hoping you would get in and it doesn't happen, you can apply to other schools, you can try again. But if you apply to something time sensitive and you don't get in and they feel the position or, you know, there's just not another time for that to come around, that's a must, much, much bigger disappointment because mm-hmm. you've missed the opportunity. Right. Okay, so we know that disappointment is real and it can be painful, but let's talk a little bit more about how it feels to be disappointed. What about the sadness that can come with something like not getting pregnant when you've wanted a baby for so long? Yeah, well, that's one we experienced for seven years and the sadness was incredibly intense. Um, When we were trying to conceive every month, I would not get pregnant. I would feel just Mm. really sad in part because I had very little control over it, which made it even harder. But sadness comes with loss of a precious object. It can be anything. It can be a good job. It can be a meaningful relationship, or in my case, the loss of a dream or a hope that I had to be a mother. 
But now, fortunately for me, I eventually had children, but my lack of conceiving for so many years, uh, it was just so difficult to happen. So all of those things make disappointment so much more difficult. Right. So for you, especially for us both, we had disappointment because the promise of something good didn't happen for seven plus years, and then the sadness each month when it didn't happen. So it was kind of a double whammy. Yeah, so sadness and and disappointment have a lot in common, Mm -hmm. but sadness is more related to something you already had. And so I had miscarried, and that's part of why it felt so very, very sad, because I had had that experience Mm -hmm. of getting pregnant, and then it didn't happen again. And disappointment is much more related to the loss of a promise or the hope of something good happening. So there's a little bit of a difference between sadness and disappointment, but they come together often. Is there a difference between disappointment and regret? Yeah, you can feel both of those uh, when something doesn't turn out the way you want it to. So let's say, for example, you spend a lot of money into an investment and then it bombs Mm. and you lost all the money. Not only do you feel disappointed, but you probably have a big sense of regret for that one. So regret has to do with your own actions or your inactions, and disappointment can happen because you don't have any control. Mm. So let's say that we ask a couple out to dinner, and then we had to cancel, okay? That might be disappointing, but there's not going to be a lot of regret involved in that. So they didn't have control over what was happening. But again, those two things can go together. Can you feel dissatisfied and disappointed at the same time? Do those go together? Yeah. And if you don't like the outcome of something, you finally, you know, you're finally going on that dream vacation, right? You spent all this money on Mm. a nice hotel and the room is just, oh, you go in and go, this is not great. And you're dissatisfied. And it's something that um, you didn't have a lot of control over. But if you're dissatisfied, sometimes you try to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was disappointed when uh, COVID canceled our big cruise that we had planned. That was terrible. <laughs> I know. That was really kind of disappointing. And I don't know that we didn't we didn't feel dissatisfaction over that because we hadn't done anything. Right, right. But in some of the cases, when you when you are dissatisfied, you can take action and you can mm-hmm. sometimes make things happen. So right. So if you go, that's a difference. I get it. So if I'm at a bad hotel or a, a hotel with a bad room, I just go down to the desk and say, "Hey, this room is dirty. I need a clean room." Yeah. So sometimes you can do that, and sometimes I will say that um, you can be shocked for something and be disappointed too. So mm. we, now we're talking about all these other emotions that come sure. around, right? So we've got shock and regret and dissatisfaction and sadness, and all of these things are kind of wound up into the whole experience of being disappointed. Mm-hmm. Sounds like there are an awful lot of emotions to try and keep track of. Right? I've, I've already lost the list. <laughs> but I imagine it's probably a good idea to try and sort through what you're feeling when something you hoped for doesn't happen, and then look for healthy ways to deal with the disappointment. Okay, now we understand that a little bit better, what disappointment is and isn't. Let's talk about how to handle it best. Sometimes it's easy to wallow in disappointment or get stuck, right? I agree, especially when it is something you really wanted. So you know what a lot of people do? They just stopped hoping for anything, Mm, mm. and then they don't get disappointed. But I don't know, that makes me a little sad to think that you can't hope for anything. It's sad and fatalistic. I get it, but that's hardly living healthy life. Yeah, I think you need to have a little bit of expectation, and you certainly need to have hope, even if you're, you've experienced a lot of disappointment or you've had it now and then. And mm-hmm. parents should always allow their children to experience disappointment, 
norm, mm-hmm. and that's a good way to mm-hmm. prepare them for life. Mm-hmm. And so often we try to avoid them feeling hurt or disappointed rather than actually moving through it, which is what kids need to do. That's how you build resiliency, mm-hmm. and that's how you prepare them for life. And that's what we see a lot of people saying that everybody's coddling their kids these days. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will talk about dealing with disappointment and building that resiliency you're talking about. More after this. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com, and available online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Our topic today is handling disappointment, something we all have to do in life. And hopefully today we're giving you more help on the topic, along with the other relationship issues. When you follow Dr. Linda on her social media, at Dr. Linda Mental on X and Instagram, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker on her Facebook page, and her website, drlindamental.com, has her blogs and links to many books she's written. That's a lot to remember. Just That's go to drlindamental.com and you'll see Dr. it all. Linda. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> you'll see everything. Okay, back to disappointment. Dr. Linda, give us a first step to deal with disappointment. Well, the first step would be to identify the source of the disappointment and then think about it. Is this something I can change or is this something that's out of my control? How do I really feel about this thing that didn't or did happen? Or how do I feel about the person who let me down? So that's number one, really to just stop, think, identify, and try to figure out how you feel about it. I don't think most of us do that. We just react, right? I know. It does, it does take a little time to process your emotions, but it's really worth it. And again, you know, I'm always advocating that we try to understand ourselves a little bit better because the more you understand your emotional reactions to things, guess what, Norm? the better you can regulate those emotions. So it's all tied together. That makes sense to me, but does it help to talk to a friend? I mean, sometimes we want to unburden on someone else and maybe that makes their disappointments worse. I don't know. I think it it depends on the person, but for me, it does help for me to talk about my disappointment because that's often how I process things. When I talk about it, I process it better, and it helps me work through my feelings. Okay, this isn't something we're going to talk about, but is there a difference between how men and women process disappointment? Well, it's, yeah, I wondered if you were going to think about that, because (laughs) you don't like to talk about it, and I do like to talk about it. So there may be a difference. A lot of times I'll hear men saying, I'd rather just distract myself and do something to kind of move on and move on with it. Whereas women tend to have a lot more actually connections in the brain for doing that kind of processing work. So we're physiologically 
built that way. So right. I do think there right. is some gender difference there. And I think that's when we guys will say, just get over it. Right. You know, just get on to it. Let's move. Let's next. Yeah. And that doesn't always help when you're telling people just to get on with it right. because some things are easier to let go than others. And sometimes other people are just uncomfortable mm-hmm. helping you process your emotions. So you really do need to find someone who's a good listener and someone who can handle that disappointment with you and just listen, maybe hold your hand and offer some comfort and let you process. Right. That's good. Here's a tough question. Are there times we feel disappointment with God and because it's God, we're kind of afraid to acknowledge it? Well, there's a great book that I read many years ago by my one of my favorite authors, who is Philip Yancey. Actually, the title of the book is Disappointment with God. <laughs> so that gives it away there right there, go, what right. it's going to be about, right? And he asked three questions that lead to disappointment with God. And I think these are really helpful. His first question is, is God unfair? Hmm. The second one is, is God silent? And the third one is, is God hidden? Wow. Okay, let's start with the first one. Can we do that? Yeah. The unfair question. This one is a thought many of us have had from time to time. I mean, what do you do with a God who sometimes heals a friend of cancer and doesn't then heal your mom, for example? Is he playing favorites? Yeah, the the fairness question is so hard to address. I mean, when my brother was killed on an airplane, I didn't think that was fair at all, and I didn't understand why God would even allow that. So... I do think it's a normal reaction to ask that question about God, but we have to, again, pull back and look at the big picture because we don't understand why God does what he does. Mm -hmm. And we live in a very difficult world with disease and um, wicked things. You know, we see wicked people prospering. It doesn't make sense to us. And then we see vulnerable people suffering. Mm. That None of that seems to be fair, and we always wonder, at least I do, why doesn't God intervene in those situations? So we can feel really angry and upset with God, even when we know in our head God is good, and he's got a very different perspective than we do. I think we have to say two things here. One, God's okay with our emotion. Right. And two, our disappointment is not a sin. That's right. That's right. Not at all. In fact, it can be a sign that... It can be a sign that, honestly, we were made for a perfect world. Right. And we're grieving over sin, and we're grieving over the brokenness of the world. And that can be a good thing. And it's, you know, something that even Jesus experienced mm-hmm. when he was here. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus wept over Jerusalem, which could be seen, I guess you could kind of see that as a cry of disappointment, couldn't you? That right. his own people could not see the salvation that was literally in front of their eyes. Right. I mean, think about how much he must have wanted his people to choose him. Right. And they didn't. I think some disappointments are because of our world. Uh, it just hasn't been made fully right yet. Right. And it won't be until the completion of all That's things, right. as, as the Bible says. And if we're honest, so many times that we experience disappointment, it draws us closer to Jesus. And, you know, he wants that type of intimacy with us. You know, he tells us to come to him and bring our cares. Psalm thirty-four, eighteen says he's near to those who have a broken heart. And in Isaiah 61, Norm, he says he came to heal the brokenhearted. And sometimes our broken heart does involve injustice Mm -hmm. and fairness. So it helps us to remember that one day he will make it all right again, and eventually justice will be served. That's good. There's another disappointment I've had with God, and it's when he seems to have gone silent. 
It's just like you pray and pray, and someone says your prayers bounce off like a brass heaven. They 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 they, they don't get there. You don't understand why you're getting no answer. You pray for it, and you you hear nothing. Yeah, that was why Yancey chose that chose that question as well. Is God silent? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't really think that I have an answer for that. Uh, there have been so many people in history who felt that they went through these dark nights of the soul and they didn't hear anything from God. And yet the answer to this is just stay faithful. Right. That's the key. Right. Uh, the silence won't last forever. And why does God seem silent at times? I don't know. I'm not God. I don't even know how to answer that question. But he does, again, see the entire fabric of our life, and we see only a thread. Mm, That's good. So it's all about trust, because he has the long view. And sometimes his silence isn't no. It's just, I'm not giving you an answer yet. Right, right. Sometimes it's that. Okay, Yancey's third question was, uh, why does God seem hidden sometimes? Okay, so usually it's in the hindsight that we realize this, right? We realize he wasn't hidden at all, Mm -hmm. but at the time, it sure feels that way. And you know how Norm Scripture always tells us that God is working on our behalf, even though we can't see him? But when you're going through a period where you really want God to speak and to direct you and to tell you kind of what to do, and you don't see it, it does feel like he's hidden, and again, his timing is different than what we expect. Um, I don't always understand why he doesn't intervene immediately. <laughs> On our timetable? I know. And, and that's where we have to realize we're, we're not God. He right, is. Right. And sometimes I think when I, when I get frustrated with God, I try to remind myself and say, okay, if we did it my way down the road, I can really see why, oh, that would, would not have been good. Right. And I'm so grateful that God didn't show himself at that moment because it wasn't a good time. So sometimes I think it's because of God's mercy, and we need to be grateful that he is a merciful God. Again, we're going all back to that idea of trust. Over and over and over. I read one time someone had written that said, when you're walking through hell, don't stop. Keep Mm. walking because he's with you, and eventually you'll come out of it. So no matter how difficult the situation, Mm -hmm. the challenge, the problem, the horror that you're going through, it will end. Remember, my mom used to say all the time, and it came to pass. To pass, yeah, that was It came to go, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, God wants a relationship with us so much. We should respond to him in the right way, I would think. (laughs) But that is an excruciating process for us so often. Well, I think more the question is, when we get in there, is why isn't he responding right away? Like, he loves us so much. So, you know, when we have children, we want to meet their need right away if we can. But again, think about the story of Lazarus' death. So Mary and Martha had to feel so disappointed when Jesus arrived so late because Lazarus had died, right? right? And they were even saying he could have healed our brother. Right. Why, right. why did he delay? Um, and they were, I'm, they were very disappointed. They were very sad. They were very frustrated because Jesus wasn't present. And in fact, Mary says to him, if you had been here, right. Lazarus would not have died. And then, you know, of course, Jesus weeps with them and he grieves with them. Right. And some people in the crowd even asked, if he, well, look, if he could heal a blind man's eyes, because they'd seen him for right. these years doing these miracles, couldn't he have stopped Lazarus from dying? They wanted him to have healed him before he died. Of course, he could have, but he didn't. This close to his passion and death, Jesus was trying to make a very important point for all of us throughout history. He told Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? Well, 
What glory was he talking about? The miracle of resurrection happened for Lazarus, which was a foreshadowing of his own resurrection. Yeah, so God knows best, right? That's what we're going back to. So the message seems to be, believe in me no matter what you see. And Jesus made a point to tell those sisters that he knew they believed in him, Mm -hmm. but this miracle was for the benefit of the people standing there and watching this. He wanted them to believe he was the Son of God. And I'm sure that helped, but it didn't help. They were so frustrated because God is frustrating sometimes because he doesn't always explain himself to our satisfaction. That was the case with Job. Job never knew why all those tragedies happened in his life. That's right. So the bottom line is we may feel disappointed by God, but we don't have the big picture. So we simply just need to trust. And that childlike faith can be difficult when we want to be in control Mm -hmm. of our lives, right? But when we do trust God and we believe that he has the best in mind for us, and we know that he will make things right one day, we can handle this temporary disappointment, knowing that God has the full picture and he actually is working all things for our good. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.